got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What is up, everybody? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Crypto Live. It is me, T.A. Tim. Jeb is out today at a family gathering for a lost loved one, so prayers are with him and his family, but we're still gonna have a great show today. I'm super excited to talk about today. It's gonna be a little different. Normally, we do a lot of T.A., and you would think with Tim hosting the show and his name being T.A. Tim, that would mean more T.A., but no, it does not. Actually, today is less T.A., so if you don't like that, you can hit the like button, and if you do like that you can hit the like button either way though as the comments in the in the title confirm today we're talking about anticipation of what happens from that fed announcement most of you guys know that today they're beginning their meeting that will finish up tomorrow around 2 30 and they're discussing what that future looks like about interest rates we're gonna be talking about that because some analysts believe if it is super hawkish we could see bitcoin crash down to thirty thousand. we're gonna talk about that and a lot more some other stories we're going to cover is we have something coming out of some news coming from uh tesla and talking about remote Marks that Warren Buffett made. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, but Elon has come out making more statements on there. We're going to talk about Elon a little bit. We're going to be talking about a letter that was written to Congress about Bitcoin mining. And if we have time, we're also going to talk about Algorand's partnership with FIFA World Cup. This is all going to be amazing stuff, but I first want to make sure you guys know everybody who's here. I am joined today by three different people. The first is one of your guys' favorites, the Turtle King himself, Smay. How are you doing today, Smay? I'm doing lovely. Um, so now I'm going to, and when I'm lovely, I like to read green names. So I'm going to do that. Uh, here we got, we got Crypto Alchemist, Matsy, Terran Crypto, Christopher Malvo, uh, Tom Wilkes, Adam Rourke, Dennis Pizarka, Groovy. Oh my gosh. All of you guys, Sultan of Salt, Siobhan Golay, uh, Philly fan 61. I love all of you guys. Yeah. Uh, back to you, Tim. Thanks, man. Well, now we got sitting in Jeb's seat. We have T Shroom joining the show today. I'm excited to have him back on. How are you doing today, T Shroom? Better than I deserve. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't, it's just because the look in his eyes was so intense. It, it really made me laugh. In case you guys wondered, there's there's a, a very special relationship between Smay and T-Shirt. Oh, goodness there's a gracious. special people there. We're also joined from Kelly Cologne up in New York City. Kelly, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent. You know, we might not be spending a lot of time on TA, but we're talking about a lot of stuff that affects it. So uh, definitely yeah. stay tuned throughout the whole show. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Just in case you guys are wondering why we're so big on TA is because we it really helps us make predictions and expectations about what's happening next. Well, the other thing about that is major news stories. And for us to be looking at TA, we got to make sure those news stories operate the way we expect them to operate. So real quick, we can go to my chart. We're not going to do a coin market recap today. We're going to jump in the chart. Just a couple of couple things about Bitcoin before we move into our discussion on the Fed because that is probably what is most important. As you guys look at my chart, I have two different lines here. These are the lines that a lot of bears are looking at. Again, mine I'm more looking at this 32 level, but you do have to keep aware that 24,200 is in the cards. If you're wondering why that is, because you haven't seen the show recently, this right here, don't pay attention to this yellow mark just for the moment. I'll talk about that here in a second. Look at these red lines. If this is a bear flag, which it definitely does look like a bear flag, and it played out, this is what would bring us back down to 24,000. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I still think there are so many strong fundamentals that are bullish for Bitcoin that would keep us from going this far, but you do have to be aware this is a potential especially if traders are looking at this way it might put some pressure to go down that far again I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm prepared for it. The other option right here, which I do think is actually pretty realistic, this $32,100 level, or I guess it's close enough, we'll call it $200, that comes from the fact that let's let's avoid this peak right here. Let's just talk about the channel that we've been in. And I'm looking at the candle closes to create this channel. So this channel right here, if I were to measure from top to bottom the width of this channel and then project based off our breaking point, this is what gives me the price action of $32,000, almost $200, but we'll call it 100 that is the levels we're looking at from a technical analysis standpoint. Then this yellow line comes in because Kelly actually is the one that pointed this out. But these wicks right here, again, I haven't been giving those wicks enough significance, but technically speaking, where we just found resistance, and I can zoom in for you just so you can see it nice and clearly, is actually in line with 
the the relationship between these two wicks right here. So could this potentially be a nice little bouncing point? I'll tell you right now, if the Fed news ends up becoming dovish, meaning it's not really that severe, then potentially this holds and we could see a rally back up, potentially either resisting on this former support and now turn resistance, or maybe even getting back up into the channel. But if we cannot hold, again, the levels we're looking at is maybe even matching these wicks. Watching 34,000, because that's the bottom of this week right here, and then watching 33,000 and then 32,000 is what you're probably going to want to do if you're looking at the charts. But that's enough TA for today, at least for me. I think that T-Shroom and Kelly both have some things they want to show you on the charts, but it all has to do in the relationship with what we see coming out of the Fed. So the first story, and I'm not going to go through the whole article, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen articles similar to this. I just chose one just to put it up here so you guys can see it. Bitcoin's in Fed's hands. Moment's downside, uh, mo moment downside could target the 30 thousand dollar region. A lot of people are speculating, especially with this news coming out, that the Fed is discussing a rate hike of 75 basis points that potentially, if this hawkish news comes out, we could see all the way down to 30,000 happen. Now, you can go off my screen real quick, Smay, because I want to just stop. Before we dive even deeper into this story, I want to go in a little deeper about remembering where we have come from, because it, those of you who have been following, and a lot of you who are watching today, I mean, crypto is kind of a dead space right now, especially on YouTube. People watching YouTube on crypto are investors. They're doing their research. They are in this day in and day out. So remember back in January where the conversation was, well, inflation's looking bad, but we don't really know how bad it is, but the Fed has continuously just kicked the can down the road. They're probably just going to keep kicking the can down the road because they want to be supported. They don't want to crash anyone's parade, right? That was January. Fast forward to February. We got a terrible report. We're like, all right, they're going to be raising it by 25 basis points. 25 basis points is coming. Be prepared. It's not going to be that bad. This is okay. It'll last for a little bit, but you know they might even still kick the can down the road. Then we had the war in Ukraine happen. This put a lot of pressure, not only because we have inflation coming in, but of course that war caused a lot of uh, further downside to our economy. So now in March, we fast forward to March. Now we are talking about, oh, 25 is absolutely guaranteed. That is coming. The question is, will at some point this year, will we see a 50 basis point increase? That was our concern. Back in March, when we thought the word hawkish, we were saying 50 basis points down the road. Fast forward to April, it got even worse. Now we're saying, okay, 50 basis points isn't coming down the road. 50 basis points is coming next month. The, now that's considered hawkish. Maybe if the can, if the can gets keep, keep getting kicked and we want to go a little dovish, they'll stay at 25 for another month. But we know more than likely 50 basis points is coming. Fast forward to last week, 75 basis points gets put on the table and the game is changing. Today, a report came out that there are betting, and I want to throw it to Kelly for this because he's the one that found this, but I'm going to show you guys. You can go back to my chart right here. Uh, according to, uh, what is, I guess, what is it called? CME betting, 99% are betting that a 75 basis point or higher is going to come out of the Fed. Kelly, I'm going to throw it to you on this because, again, like I just said, this is crazy, the transition of what we've called these different things. At this point, we are almost hoping for a 50 basis point or are we hoping for 75? It depends on what your view is. But hawkish would be 75, dovish would be 50. This is crazy. What is this chart telling us, Kelly? And what should we do with this information? Well, I mean, you, you said it very, very beautifully, you know, leading up into the story. And that's, you know, the the perception about where what's needed for the market, what what the Fed's going to do in regards to interest rates over the last four months is has changed dramatically. Right. So, of course, the inflation numbers are, are completely out of the park. They have to do something. But we're also going into a midterm election year and they don't want the they don't want uh, inflation to be completely off the rails going into that. But they also don't want unemployment numbers now down and they don't want the markets to crash so there's this there's this jockeying of exactly what they're going to do to pull things in line while also not being detrimental to uh to the economy because on the flip side of that we have the dixie at 21 year highs right now but as much as it's bad with what, what's happening with inflation the dixie being so high the the value of the dollar as compared to other world currencies and the basket of other uh currencies that the dixie is weighed against it actually in some ways benefits for instance like uh you know importing goods and things like that because the strength of our dollar is a lot higher so there is some give and take there but in this case with the cme this this story here uh as little as about a week ago the large majority of people were uh placing their investments and in, uh and 
in a sense, bets, but I will I'll call it investments, uh, showing that they, that the majority of the market was uh, was pricing in and and and, and investing in towards uh, most likely fifty basis points hike. And then we had the GDP numbers come in and showed us that we weren't a one percent increase; we're actually a minus one point four percent decrease, uh, showing that there's a, a drawdown in the economy. Uh, mm-hmm. The market's pulling back. If we have one more month of that, then then we would technically be considered in in a recession. Uh, but now, you know, following that news with the GDP uh, and inflation numbers and CPI and all these different things, now the CME uh, is showing that the, the these essentially I won't call them full on smart money, but smarter money uh, historically than than retail investors are saying that they're, they're calling for and, and I think it's was it ninety nine point around ninety nine point three percent of those trades are now being put at uh, uh, considering that there's going to be a seventy five basis point mm-hmm. uh, or higher. Now that's a huge shift from last week, and so yeah. my biggest speculation on this or question is because when people are are betting or placing investments in uh, on futures, they only have to put anywhere from uh, three to twelve percent is is what it says when you look at the CME uh, website. Uh, and these are futures betting on where the price is going to go, and you know all these sorts of things. People can basically move this market with a small, very very small allocation of their portfolio, and essentially, I don't know if this is the case. This is a little bit of a tinfoil hat thing, but I'm wondering if the the market is is doing this. Uh, so that if when a 50 basis point hike comes in, it comes in under expectation. Now, we won't know that mm-hmm. until this uh, happens tomorrow. But if anything, if anything needs to happen, we need to have the inflation uh, take uh, under control, regardless of what happens to the market. So what, what we will what will we see from this? Well, all we can yeah. do is wait and see what happens with Jerome Powell, the Fed and the announcement. But uh, I know uh, I know Taylor has some ideas about uh, where this could likely affect the market. And in a little bit, if uh, when you throw it back to me, I, I have some things I can show on chart as well. Yeah. Uh, Tisha, I'm going to throw it to you. And my question for you is what would be the consequences slash what would we see happen if they do come out hawkish saying that they're going to raise it to a 75 basis point versus what do you think would happen if we saw 50 percent basis point? Excellent question. Well, if you'll hop over to my screen, uh, you'll see you'll see this chart. And this is a Bitcoin chart. And I have created some some very rough, very rough uh, predictions. These are these are kind of brackets of possibility, you could say. But starting down at the bottom, this is uh, what uh, Kelly has been referring to. It's that 99% is what the CME futures uh, market has been predicting, that this is actually where we'll be ending up, somewhere down here. Now, this is because the crypto market more than likely is not tracking those CME futures numbers. And uh, so it's going to be, it's going to come as a shock, right? right? So, so what I've kind of placed is what is baked in, what, what the crypto market, what Bitcoin's price to USD uh, has baked in is a 0.5 uh, or uh, 50 um, uh, rate hike. So yeah. uh, now now if Jerome Powell, you know, has run his calculations and he's thinking, oh, maybe a 25 rate hike would be better, then I think that that's also not priced in, right? So that, that would actually bring uh, uh, Bitcoin up, and then a, and then a no change would bring it higher, and then a negative change meaning we're going to bring the rate down, <laughs> which is extremely unlikely, and I'm 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 uh, convinced that that's not going to happen. Um, you know, we would see it come back up and yeah. maybe even touch fifty because just and you can come back to me now, just because that's that would be so unexpected. So I put that seventy five. Uh, down at a 32 and i again this is somewhat arbitrary numbers but i'm just showing like the direction that bitcoin would would essentially move so uh and uh you know what now what do i want and this is where it gets a little bit more interesting a little bit more complicated i think if we were to front and i was talking uh, with tim about this uh before the show i think if we if the fed was to front load the the uh the hikes at the beginning and do so we've got one tomorrow and then we've got another one in june another one in july when are the midterms there in november the elections I, I don't know if I know the exact date right off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's all good. Of, Kelly, uh, can you fact check that? When, when are the OPs muted? Because just a second, Kelly. I was saying, I think it's uh, in the fall. Yeah, I think they're in the fall. I think November, yeah. we want to say. But but the Fed kind of has two different uh, things in their mind. They have the market, right? They have their targets. Um, but then they also have, you know, the midterm elections. And ultimately, that is their boss, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to, they for, for better or for worse, they probably want to keep their boss happy. And of course, you know, uh, the current administration wants to, wants to keep the people happy. 
the and so the way that I think that they could kind of craft this narrative is and achieve uh, happiness for the electorate and also the market is to go ahead and, and bleed it hard right now. Do two triple rate hikes or two double rate hikes that are that are really hardcore right now, so that they can do maybe even nothing, maybe that that zero percent change up or down by the time we're rolling into the midterms, so that the market is has is floating on certainty, and which can be a good foundation for growth uh, going into fall and into early 2023. So that's kind of my take. Yeah. I would not be ha- I would not be sad with a triple rate hike today because A, that's solving the long-term problem. Uh, B, that's potentially making the fall uh, opportunity to where Bitcoin could start to rally if there is some kind of other fundamental story. Like when Fidelity, when those 401ks uh, start to actively incorporate Bitcoin, you know, once people have that option, that could be something that it, it, it's mu- it would be much better, much more bullish if in that time the, the Fed has facilitated a, a moment of optimism. Now, the triple rate hike would, would as you saw in the chart that I, I pulled up, with the uh, predictions, it would have a bad, very, very bearish effect in the short term on not just Bitcoin, but also the equity markets more generally. And that's T-Shroom's take. Yeah. I'm going to throw it back to Kelly so you can go to unmute him. Kelly, what are your thoughts about the possibilities of what will happen? Because I actually really loved what I just saw getting a look at T-Shroom's chart uh, at those different levels. But what do you think? If we have a 75 basis point, where do you think the price is going? Do you think 32 is realistic again? Because that's kind of the, the fact that that's the number that a lot of people are expecting. And that's right where the channel, if this channel breaks bearish and goes down, that's the 32 level we're talking about. Do you think that's actually realistic for 75? Do you think it goes even deeper or it's not that bad? And then also, again, at this point, despite the fact that I know that this report came out saying that 99% are kind of betting on that happening. As you said, there is a potential, there is some manipulation there. I also saw reports still expecting a 50 basis point metric. And again, it seems like every single month, the Fed kind of warns about a really hawkish move and then takes the more dovish move. And in this case, it is looking like 50, weird as that sounds, is a dovish move and 75 is hawkish. What are your thoughts about the outcomes of not only Bitcoin, but the rest of the crypto market, if it goes to 75? Well, I'll uh, jump right into my chart here and show. And uh, this, I, I just want to sh- point something out. One of the reasons we're not doing a ton of in-depth TA today is, you see, this is right now on the market. And that, I'm going to show you a tweet I did yesterday with this exact snapshot of yesterday's uh, price action. This, this is right now on the market. Uh, you see this the, all exactly the price patterning, uh, the, the structure, all this. Now, this is my tweet from yesterday. Nothing's changed. We, everything's exactly the same as it is. Uh, the, the bullish thing that I'm seeing with everything that's happening and that's very interesting here is that we're we're still above the support. We're fighting this resistance on this. This is a bullish descending wedge right here, which typically yeah. about 70 percent of the time do break to the to the upside. But sometimes the, 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 the bullish factors in these patterns or having, you know, this bullish RSI divergence and MACD divergence, as you see down below, which is on you know today's chart as well. Uh, these things can sometimes be negated by the larger the larger market and what's happening you know globally and uh, whether it be geopolitically or uh, with the Fed or economically. Uh, but we have this sort of divergence between bullish bullishness and bearishness, where we're in this bullish pattern. We're right. We're coming near the apex of this. We're coming right on support. We're right above this fib support, which is the the, the fib uh, basically drawn from here to the top here. This is basically the retracement. We find finding support on this if we do fall below this i do want to show this is a, a fib uh, basically a fib macro fib band chart that i did in uh, glassnode's workbench uh if we do fall below this we still have this uh we this is basically the bull floor when bulls are in fully control this uh, uh sort of light brownish line if we fall down to this gray line this gray line is essentially historically the bear control band it doesn't mean that if you touch it you're going to go into uh bearish uh you know full bear market but you can see right here in 2018 we came down and found support on it, found support on it, and then finally broke through it in full capitulation. Now, if we come down, we can come all the way down and even dip below it for a day or two, regardless. But this is this is at 31, 31, 2. So I, I don't see any problem with us, with all this geopolitical nonsense going on, uh, that if we do fall down, we still have support at this level. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing, the last thing I want to show, uh, well, of course, we're, we're having a ton of outflows on the market as well. I, I saw an article uh, earlier 
earlier today that over $1.6 billion outflowed from Bitcoin in the last 24 hours, which is incredible. But um, is, is this right here? This was a 27, 2017 uh, cycle peak. And this is the active, uh, basically, uh, this is the addresses with non-zero balances. And so what happens is when we capitulated here, people sold off dramatically, completely closing their accounts. Well, this is this is a 20, 2021 peak where we had 64K and the 68, 69K. And we've, we have a massive bullish divergence here where there's still massive amounts of new wallets coming in with mm-hmm. balances. So the landscape is very different from 2018. Uh, we still, I still think that we're in a mid-cycle sort of setup. And so if, depending on what happens tomorrow, I, I still think that, uh, I still think that although there's so much bearishness with what's going on in the broader markets, I do think that a correction is necessary across the board on traditional markets as well as Bitcoin. But I think we have an incredible amount of support below us. So if we dip down, that might be the final flush up that we need. And there's a mm. lot of liquidity down there between 30 and $33,000. And even all the charts are showing the FIB bands, the, the on-chain metrics, that even dipping that low doesn't negate our bullish setup. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to kind of move in the conversation. I want to throw it back to T-Stream here in a second, but I want to kind of change what we're talking about here because there's a lot of different thoughts going on in the market right now. There's a lot of different thoughts about what this news will mean. I'm, I want you to go to my chart real quick, Smay. I'm on the DXY. The DXY. This is the, 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 dollar, the dollar index. index. We talked, about, we this talked about this yesterday. The dollar is dollar, up. And this is in comparison, comparison to other, other, other currencies other, 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 other 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 out there. there. The dollar is up. This is so because if you did not know what was happening, if you were not paying attention to inflation rates, if you were not paying attention to what's happening, you would think the U.S. dollar is phenomenal. What's funny, though, is that despite the fact that the U.S. dollar is crashing, is dying, is a terrible form of currency, compared to other currencies in the world, it is up right now. And I think this is something that we need to probably look at. You can go off screen now. I'm going to post a T-shirt about your thoughts. There's a lot of suspicion. Let's say the 75 basis points comes out. Tech is probably going to drop. This happens a lot. When these interest rates are risen, when these basis points go high, tech industries are are seen they're going down stocks on tech industries are going down bitcoin and crypto have heavily been associated with and seen as form of a form of the tech world so a lot of people suspect oh it's going to go down with the tech but at the same time because crypto is starting to sort of especially bitcoin flex its muscle and show its sign of currency we're going to talk about that a little bit later with some remarks that elon made about tesla's moves with it but could we see potentially this be one of the catalysts that people are watching fiat currency as a whole start to die and despite the fact that these basis points will bring power back to the dollar, it, it's only a kicking the can down the road move with the U.S. dollar. And people will say, you know what, even if crypto goes a little bit lower at the moment, I know long term this is the better solution. It is the fix for this weak and this soft money that we've had ever since the 70s. We need to go ahead and start making a move away from it. Do you think, t that potentially this could become a catalyst for mass adoption of crypto rather than people leaving it? Right. That's an excellent question. It's kind of the question that's in the back of the mind of everybody who really understands Bitcoin and its in, its a, a role as a hedge against inflation. It's possible. It. I would. I would want to. I would want to see like you know how much money is on the sidelines. I would want to be certain about how much money is on the sidelines from whales. I would imagine that there's probably. There's, this isn't the moment. That's that's kind of my hunch is this isn't the moment yet, but we definitely are starting to see that start to get set up. And especially if inflation continues to run off with these rate hikes, if we get a triple rate hike and then let's say another triple rate hike or a double rate hike in, in June and inflation continues to run rampant and we start mm. to see it in 10 and 12, that then you have a really strong argument for that Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation. I think right now, uh, people are just too scared. I think they're not they're not so scared that they're ready to be courageous on a new asset or yeah. they're ready to put, you know, they, they've in the back of their mind, no, I'm going to go ahead and go into Bitcoin if the USD starts to tank and inflation starts to go crazy. So that's a good yeah. question, though. To I me. mean, it, it's one of those things that you would fresh off those commercials from Matt Damon. Fortune favors the brave. Yeah. You know, it favors the bold. And and it's going to this going to be a season. There's going to be a lot of bold people who make risks. And there's gonna be some people like you just said, who are going to say, I understand the US dollar is broken, but at the moment, it looks like the better of the two options. But again, we're gonna talk about this a little bit later with the Elon, because I have some thoughts there. But I do believe that we are potentially going to see sometime soon, 
a little bit more bold movement happening. It's kind of like when you back, a dog can get really, really scared until it gets backed into a corner. But when that dog who was scared 10 minutes ago is backed into a corner, has nowhere else to go, they can get pretty bold and pretty ferocious quickly. Could we be seeing people being backed in that corner as well with the way fiat currency is used? But I want to go and transition. We're going to go into some super chats here in a second. But first, we actually have two sponsors today. And I first want to just start by saying we're so grateful to work and a company where where we get to talk to you guys every single day, where we get to spend time researching this and bring it to life so that you guys can make informed decisions. And we couldn't do any of that without our sponsors. So I just wanna first thank Hedge. Hedge is one of our sponsors today. We have a second one coming a little bit later. But just in case you guys don't know what Hedge is, Hedge is a payroll conversion solution that allows users to automatically convert their pay, which is like W-2s, 1099s, commission, from fiat to crypto via direct deposit. It eliminates the need for the traditional exchange experience and streamlines the process from pay to crypto wallet in one seamless application. This non-intrusive design enables companies to keep their current process flow and HR services providers with no setup fees. We release custody of assets the same day as the payment, as well as the freedom to be sent to any wallet. We believe in the decentralization aspect of crypto that crypto brings and want to maintain those values by allowing individuals to use their assets as they please. That is phenomenal. And I know I had to read that, so that probably didn't feel very personal. That's just because I wanted to make sure I said all the details correctly. That is phenomenal is something I think that we are going to be incorporating in this business. Because I've said that, I know Smey has said that, the desire to be able to be paid semi in Bitcoin would be phenomenal. We just gotta make sure we jump through the proper hoops. Hedge is going to be helping that. So if you are a company that wants to pay your employees in Bitcoin, this would be a great thing. If you are an employee who wants to be paid in Bitcoin, potentially you wanna take Hedge and go talk to your boss about this. Potentially your business could incorporate this. Make sure there's a link in the description down below. Go sign up, find out more information because that is massive. Now, I before we go into super chats because we're going to join there here in just a second. Smate, what is our like count out right now? We didn't. I haven't done my. I haven't done a good job of making sure people are, are hitting the like button. What are we at right now? Well, I'll be honest with you. It's quite pathetic. Oh gosh. It's only three hundred and forty likes, and we're bringing all this content for you. Waking up early. I'm quite frankly disappointed. So I would like for you guys to take a moment right now. To hit the like button, and I know you think you might not have to, but no, everyone, you, every every like button hit counts. So, hit that like button for me, please. Thank you. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, we have a we had a donation here from Siobhan Goulet. Uh, that's uh, all I'm seeing so far. I mean, I haven't been watching chat today because I'm trying to keep my my eyes on what I'm trying to do. Is, is there has there been any super chats that we missed there or? Anything interesting we've seen in chat, T-Shroom? Because I know you've been able to pay a little bit more attention than I have. I don't see, I do not see any super chats. Okay, um, that's fine. Listen, here's here's the thing. Uh, I We want to answer as many questions as possible. We wish we could answer all of them. As we grow, and it's phenomenal grow, we are lose the ability to interact with every single chat but we do the best we can with our moderators. Super Chats is just one way you guys can get questions asked. We can answer them, but don't feel any pressure to do that. You should feel pressured. This is the only thing I should I should say, because it's absolutely free. You should feel pressured to hit the like button. Uh, it's just a nice thing to do. Also, if you want to consider it, you can subscribe to the channel. We, no matter what, whether the market is up, whether the market is down, whether it's boring, whether it's exciting, whether there's absolutely nothing to talk about, we are going to still come to you guys every single day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. here Eastern Standard Time. So if that's something that you would love to be a part of what we're doing, join the channel by subscribing. You also can join our community team, and there's a lot of different options there with a lot of cool perks one of which is a members-only stream that we're having this Thursday. You don't want to miss that. So if that's something you guys want, consider doing that. But if there is nothing else, and did you guys see any interesting questions? Uh, oh, we did have one come in. I'll make sure. Tom Wilkes said, now you have a super chat. Thank you so much, Tom Wilkes. Uh, by the way, Tom yeah. Wilkes is one of the uh, greatest humans I think I've ever met. He, I, oh, speaking of the other one, Matt C. just said, now you have two. So... Uh, do we have something? I, there's yeah. a lot of eyeballs going. I actually do. Uh, I did see a chat. Uh, yeah. I don't. It wasn't a super chat. But I don't know who it was, but you'll know uh, once I say it. So, so yeah. one thing to, to keep in consideration is another force that determines the Fed's thinking on these rate hikes and where they're positioning the rates to be is the U.S. has to has a lot of debt, right? We know we have mm -hmm. a lot of debt, multiple trillions, something like north of thirty trillion or something like that, right? So we, whenever we increase the interest rate. Whenever the Fed increases the interest rate, that's a higher interest rate that we as a country have to pay back on our federal debt. So just keep that in mind. That that doesn't mean that the that the 
Fed won't go to a great length to decrease the inflation. But you know, the more interest rates, the higher the interest rate, the more we are paying an in interest on that trillion dollars of debt. So just keep that in mind. That is that yeah. is that is a factor. What it debt? is real. Yeah, what I'm debt? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No. You know, Samay, before we transition to our other stories, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to talk uh, about the Fed? Um, you know, I think this debt is a bunch of propaganda. Uh, and uh, I think that I'm kidding. I probably shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, guys, I think that Jerome Powell is definitely sweating buckets right now, huh? You know? Jerome Powell needs a towel. <laughs> I think you're muted for it. Do you want to? Yeah, hold on. I'll give you an opportunity to say that. His little one liner. Jerome Powell needs a towel for Ew. all that sweat and the stress is under. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're going to go and transition. We're going to move on to a couple of stories we're going to talk about. This one we're going to be really brief with, but T. Shroom found it this morning. You can go ahead and go to my screen here, Smay. There was a letter, was a written, letter to written to Congress. To Congress. And, and you have to fill you in, have some, to fill in some, details, some of the details. I, was, I, I read the letter, read the letter but I was but I was used, but, used, but uh, it's pretty much, it's pretty much continuing, continuing to press the United States Congress to continue to put a lot of pressure on Bitcoin mining companies. And so I'm going to throw it to T. Shroom. Do you have any insights on this letter, what they were trying to accomplish, and the significance? I do. I do. Go to my screen, uh, Smay. It's actually Congress. So so Congress people, uh, specifically Jared Huffman, is written a a letter to the EPA saying, you know, he wants he wants the EPA he wants the EPA to look into uh, how Bitcoin mining is. People are saying there's an echo. Where's the echo coming from? I have no idea how crypto mining is affecting uh, the Clean Air Act, if it's infringing on the Clean Air Act or the Clean Water Act, right? These are actual laws that you cannot infringe on or you'll be heavily fined or banned or shut down. Um, and so, you know, this congressman is is uh, trying to, trying to uh, press the EPA to look into that. And then uh, people like Jack Dorsey, Michael Saylor, and also uh, Fidelity have come out and and issued their own letter to the EPA in reaction to, you'll notice this is the same language here. uh, They've issued their same uh, uh, response to, this is the same language from the previous letter I just showed. And their response is the statement above, unfortunately confuses data centers with power generation facilities. Power generation facilities are not data centers. Data centers which contain miners are no different than data centers owned and operated by Amazon, Apple, Google, Meta, and Microsoft. A miner is merely industry terminology for a specified computer server operating inside a data center. So you can come back up to me. Yeah. Uh, essentially what they're, what, what, uh, you know, the Jack Dorsey's of the world and the Michael Saylor's of the world are saying, clapping back on this letter to the EPA from Congress is, look, you guys are saying that we're polluting and, and creating outsized carbon emissions. That's that's it can't be true because companies like Amazon, Google and, and uh, Microsoft, they have these giant data centers that eclipse the size of what the mining community is doing, even the, the high scale uh, industrial grade miners. Uh, all, all it is is it's the same thing. It's just a bunch of high-powered computers operating computation uh, mm. computations. And th- if if we're going to be – the miners are going to be taxed or they're going to be have some kind of unfavorable outcome from the EPA, then all of these other data centers need to do the exact same thing because it's all mm. hyper it, – it, you know, it, it's all doing the same thing. And the pollution aspect is, is null and void as well because, well, it's – it's not the miners that are polluting. It would be the upstream uh, power providers, energy providers like Duke Energy. And, you know, if they're not operating above board, that's their own problem. You know, miners and residential, us right now with these lights on, like we're just purchasing energy from an energy provider. In our case, it's GRU. If GRU is, is polluting the creeks and streams and lakes, I don't want that. You don't want that. They should stop, but that's not on the miners. That's not on us here using energy. So that's that's kind of where the uh, the argument is right now, as the EPA butts heads, uh, or the Congress and, and interested parties butt heads with uh, miners across the world, and, or specifically in the United States. And it looks like they're losing. And yeah. I and I don't think that that the EPA, although they probably want to, they're not going to have enough support to go ahead and and try to do something like banning uh, mining or something. And that's what Michael Saylor is trying to make sure of with this letter to the EPA. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the first of all, I'm going to say, I tell me if it's 
got better because it seems like, according to the comments, the only time my voice echoes is when you share my screen. So just don't share my screen anymore. You know, we'll, we'll fix it out. We'll have some tests later. Uh, for the rest of the show, I don't think there's any reason. That definitely have doesn't to. make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But at, according but. to, again, let me know if this changes. And I'm going to watch these comments. But they were saying it only echoed when my screen was being shared. Uh, Jose, Jose Manguero said, I want the echo. Um, yeah, I was going to say the echoes probably sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think I let us know in chat again if if it changed, if it got better. It should be going by now. But uh, I'm going to keep moving on, though. We're in transition because we have some other stories that we want to talk about. And this is one I talked about earlier. Again, do not share my screen. Uh, for the love of God, do not share my screen. Here we go. <laughs> Tesla. Tesla describes Bitcoin as a liquid alternative to cash. This is an article headline I'm reading. This is really cool. This article d details kind of Elon coming back out against Warren Buffett. And of course, w those of you who watched the show yesterday, or if you just paid attention to any news that happened yesterday, Warren Buffett and his whole team has come out once again, screaming from the rooftops that they hate Bitcoin. And that he even went as far as to say, if I were to have every single Bitcoin for $25, I wouldn't take it. And that's a good move there, Warren, because that would make it worthless. Either way, He's not the only person. He's not the only billionaire's opinion. Other billionaires are very much disagreeing with him, one of which is Elon Musk. And there's a quote here I want to read to you from Elon himself talking about Bitcoin and what he thought about it. In the first quarter of 2021, we invested an, an uh, aggregate $1.5 billion in digital assets. The fair market value of such digital assets held of March 31st, 2022 was $1.96 billion. We believe in the long-term potential of digital assets as both an investment and also as a liquid alternative to cash. As with, as with any investment and the consistent... Okay, I'm going to make sure I'm reading this right. Consistent with how we manage fiat-based cash and cash-equivalent accounts, we may increase or decrease our holdings of a digital asset at any time based on the needs of the business and our view of the market and environmental conditions. This is super cool. Again, he, he's talking against Warren Buffett saying, hey, Warren, you just don't know what you're talking about. It is good. And then he goes far as to say, hey, I want to talk about Tesla because obviously we invested heavily in this. We only sell when we need to to prove liquidity. We know before that was a huge article last year about when we actually saw them liquidate some crypto. And he made sure to come out and say, guys, this was not a lack of faith in Bitcoin. This was a, hey, we're proving its liquidity. We are a company that still has to produce things. And the same way we'll liquidate, we'll liquidate our savings account or our fiat holdings to pay for things, we're treating Bitcoin the exact same. And this is something I've talked about before on the show. I know one of the episodes when we were with, talking with uh, with uh, Nick Dye on Between Two Coins, which is one of our Saturday videos, make sure you go watch those. But I talked about this, the concept of until we see Bitcoin being used in liquid fashion, before while we see people liquidating their Bitcoin to use for groceries and to use for bills. And then we see companies using Bitcoin to pay for things. We need to see that kind of stuff happening to even bring further adoption and use case to Bitcoin. So to me, this is massively bullish. But I know, Kelly, you're the one who found this. I want to hear what your thoughts are about all of this. Uh, what do you think is the significance of this? Or do you have a different take than I had altogether? Well, first things first, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's in that article. And I know you can't share your screen, but I think I can. Uh, this is the article that you're just reading from. Uh, and this this is that paragraph that you read. But the, the right below it, Ricardo Salinas, uh, who is, uh, I think, one of the, the largest uh, billionaires out of Mexico, his quote is perfect. It says, it's sad to see him rambling on about a subject he clearly does not understand. That's why the future always belongs to the young and not the old. And this is, I mean, this is very clear. Uh, just, it's, it's interesting to watch Warren Buffett, sort of the old guard, uh, the ex richest man in the world for years, um, you know, speak about this topic, which him and Charlie Munger, but everything that they, they the points that they bring up, they, they don't understand the utility and the value of the network as it stands. You know, they both invest in banks. Uh, I know they had a large investment in Visa and uh, other other uh, traditional payment rails. Uh, and if they don't understand, even if they don't look at Bitcoin as a store of value, if they don't understand, even with what like Jack Mallers is doing and his big announcement of Bitcoin 2022, uh, they basically completely completely not dismembered, but uh, uh, displaced and disrupted the entire payment mail rail market from SWIFT to uh, ACH to uh, Visa, uh, MasterCard, uh, American Express, Discover uh, with with the utility of Bitcoin as a payment rail, despite any of the, the store of value sort of context. So if he doesn't see that, 
Uh, I, I'd actually argue that he does see that and his investment is just too far wrapped up mm. in traditional means and his following, just like Jeb said the other day, his following is too wrapped up in traditional minded sort of uh, context of, of, of markets that he can't go against it because it would displace uh, it would displace where all his money is invested and, and very likely water down the amount of interest in all of where all the other investments are. And then when you have that much money, mm-hmm. you can't just move $50 billion out of one asset sector into another without creating massive uh, economical uh, economic trouble, uh, you know, worldwide, as well as devaluing the, you, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, over the counter OTC markets on Bitcoin is such a uh, something a lot of people need to understand because they're they're not seeing massive institutional buys, but it's because it's not happening on on exchange on chain. It's happening between parties that it's not being listed. And when you have that mm. much money wrapped into traditional assets, you can't just pull out 50 or 60 or $70 billion and then start transitioning into Bitcoin because the second you start making that move, you're going to devalue the, the asset before you're able to get it all out and you'd end up losing a lot of money. So I think it's more, more a story about him protest, protecting where his asset base is than the fact that he doesn't believe in Bitcoin. Yeah. And I think, again, the significance of this story, I think that people really should be walking away with is we talked about before Elon Musk, love him or hate him. He is a trendsetter. People follow him. People listen to him. I actually love this movie he's making and the way he's coming out and saying, talking about liquidity. I, I, again, I fully understand and I fully uh, grasp and appreciate the concept of do not sell your Bitcoin. But just so you guys know, if we're serious about the future of Bitcoin, at some point, we got to prove its use case. Uh, Even Gold had a use case in terms of it was minted onto the into the money. It was used to back money. Bitcoin, as great a store of value as it is, if nobody, if everybody is too afraid to actually use it for what it was made to do, it will not be adopted at the same rate. Doesn't mean it can't be valuable. It will still be valuable. But my point is, if we want to take it to the next level, if we want to see some serious flow come into it, we got to see its use case be there. And again, the things that we see happening from strike, the things we see coming from different states and cities throughout the United States and other countries, we have countries making it legal tender. We have states saying that you can now pay your taxes and buy certain goods in it. We, you know, we're seeing strike make it easy for you to use in a grocery store to pay your bills. This is the type of stuff that is going to cause us to go to that next level, bring in more people, because as much as we've grown in the last couple of years, I I still think it's less than 3% of the world uses crypto. And there are projections that if we do things correctly in the next 10 years or 15 years, I can't remember which, it could be as high as 80%. But we got to see use case come into play. Third story we're going to talk about here, and then we're going to transition to Super Chats. Uh, This one I want to hear both T-Shroom and Kelly's views on uh, because it's a little fun here. Algorand, so again, we're not sharing my screen. Can't share my screen. But Algram becomes the first U.S. blockchain sponsor of the FIFA World Cup. So pause right there. Why do I like this? First, well, you go, You have the article? Okay, sweet. So uh, this is this is significant to me for two different reasons. First of all, it's, it's adoption. It's more crypto adoption, like I just talked about here a second ago. The more adoption we have and the more use cases and the more that we get this into the world, the more it'll uh, forward uh, or bring the future that we want. The same thing is I really love this for sports. Again, I've talked about this before. I am kind of the outlier on this channel. And I know in this sport particular, real football, Americans call it soccer, but in football, uh, T-Shirm is a fan, but it is one of the most watched events, especially the World Cup. It is one of the most watched events. tournaments in the entire world, and it only happens one once every four years. In fact, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that at least as of late, it has it has gained more views than even the Olympics. So, Tisha, I want to throw it to you. What do you think, as a soccer fan, football fan, yourself, what do you think the significance of this is, and then what do you think its significance to the crypto space as a whole is? Well, I mean, Al- I don't know how Algo got that bid when you have movers like Crypto.com and Binance out there that are spending so much. But um, I mean, it's it. there really, in my mind, isn't a bigger event every four years. I, it's funny that uh, Tim mentioned the, the Olympics. I think FIFA World Cup has eclipsed the Olympics like several times over. Yeah, uh, I, as sure. of late, it was like it was something like the last like fifteen or, tw- or like twenty years or whatever. Right, it yeah. has more views. Now these soccer players, now football players, if you want to call them that, they are the biggest. Uh, other than like the Mayweather's of the world, the Floyd Mayweather's and like boxers, uh, soc- European soccer players are the are the second most highest paid category, and uh, and they're also like crazy good. In my opinion, you have to be the most athletic to play soccer. 
And uh, <laughs> so uh, all eyes will be on the FIFA World Cup. It's pl- taking place in Qatar, so it's kind of have this cool exotic appeal. Uh, I really wanted to go. I don't know if I'm going to be going. Not Qatar. I'm sorry. Dubai. Or is it Qatar? It's in Qatar. No, no it's, it's in Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. It's in Qatar. You're right. You were right. Yeah. Don't second guess yourself. <laughs> Just strum the guitar when you're in Qatar. I have to, I have to remember that. So. But um, yeah, so... So, I mean, but I can't overstate enough. This is going to be extremely big. Every Everybody in the world watches soccer. The United States is actually one of the, has the lowest rates of, of viewership of soccer because we have other uh, slightly less awesome sports like football and, and uh, basketball, but but uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, but Americans are, are increasing every year in their viewership of, of uh, soccer and, f- and football. But its implications mm-hmm. to the crypto world... I mean, it's going to get more eyes, but if you watch European football, there's a lot of crypto over there. Uh, it's, you know, we have it kind of sprinkled in with the 76ers and and uh, other teams that have some kind of sponsorships. But when you're watching uh, European football, especially Premier League and uh, Bundesliga and Syria, uh, it's everywhere. Like they, they're super into crypto and even yeah. even so in like the Turkish and the uh, Eastern European leagues as well. So they're no stranger to it. So will it have some kind of bigger effect? Uh, will Algorand have some kind of like bump in their price? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I didn't see a bump in the price of that one NASDAQ ETF, and it was all over the conference, uh, the Bitcoin conference, but that, you know, the obviously is not as big as people. What is, what is Algorand? It's been a minute since I looked in Algorand. What is Algorand's use case? What is the crypto coin? What is the coin used for? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, Kelly, could, I, I mean, I could speak to my knowledge, but I, I have a feeling that Kelly knows a little more. Hmm. So... So Algorand is interesting because it's uh, the guy that created, I mean, it was a team, but the, the, the brainchild behind Algorand was developed by uh, what, what's the person that's kind of thought of as the father of cryptology. And he's uh, MIT. I don't know if he still is, but he at least was an MIT professor uh, on cryptology and uh, crypto just in general. And uh, he developed it and it's, it's thought of as uh, it's slated or at least considered to be potentially something that's going to be, uh, you know, sort of government, uh, highly likely for government adoption because of how secure their network is and how fast and how cheap it is. But, uh, you know, when looking when looking at it, uh, I mean, even from that announcement, uh, there was a bit of price action on it. You know, we had this massive uh, wick here uh, on this announcement. You see, we have this downward channel that we've broken out of and we're just now testing that sort of flipping that as resistance. Uh, to support. So we'll see if it holds there. And we do, I think Algorand is a beautiful, beautiful project. And the, the mm. other thing that sort of paired with that story is this uh, other story that came out uh, yesterday uh, or either this morning uh, or a few days ago uh, that they're working on a Bitcoin bridge yeah. uh, between Algorand and, and, and Bitcoin, which is, which is interesting to boot. You know, they're doing a lot, a lot, a lot of development. Uh, it's a highly secure network. It's very fast. It's very cheap. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely a great project to have on your radar it's in my moon bag yeah i've I had think, it for a while i think that i think that's really cool because I, I you know some people are out there probably watching saying i don't care about soccer i don't care about sports i don't care which is i get you this is cool not because it's just cool for sports although i think it is cool for sports so those of you who are fans of athletics great the cool thing is the uh, the community in the sports world especially football soccer whatever you want to call it because while it's not necessarily number one in the United States, it is number one over pretty much the rest of the world. People are serious about watching it. And if they're getting exposure and and they're seeing crypto thrown in their face time after time after time after time, Bitcoin is not an American tool. Bitcoin is a world tool. And as we see the adoption come from other places and different uh, communities, we're going to see crypto as a whole go up. So even if you don't love sports, you should love this move. It's going to be big for crypto. But we're going to transition here in just a minute. We're going to do some super chats here in a second. We do have a couple there. We're also going to be doing our price predictions for Friday. But first, I told you guys there were two sponsors for today. So the second one is Link2. And I'm going to read you again a little bit about what Link2 is. Another really cool company. But Link2 enables early investors, C-suite executives, employees, and any private equity holder with the ability to sell their vested private shares on the secondary market. We operate on a cashless exercise basis uh, where Link2 is the one up front front with the capital. Equity holders do not need to come out 
uh, do not need to come out of pocket in order to exercise their stock's portions. Now, it wants to clarify, they want to clarify as well, they are not brokers. Link2 charges no broker fees, there's no management fees, there's no carried interest. We accept payments in cryptocurrency via our trusted partner, Uphold. There's a lot more to it. I think the other cool thing is Link2 has an organ, uh, organized a loyalty rewards program, Link2 Bucks. When a Link2 member refers a friend to a friend receives $250 in Link2 Bucks to spend towards their first investment. As soon as the friend makes their first investment, the member receives $750 bucks in Link2, or $750 in Link2 Bucks. This is another cool project. Again, if you own a small business or if you are a CEO or anything and you want to invest in small companies, we were talking about this around the table. There are a lot of companies that are phenomenal. They just have not gone public yet. And you have to have things like this happen to actually go ahead and invest in these smaller private companies that could explode. This is actually really cool. Again, just like Hedge, I talked about Hedge earlier. This is one that I'm seriously looking at as I'm one of the leaders of this company. Is this something that we can do as a company to invest and grow our, our assets and expand? So if you are a business owner out there, you definitely want to look into this. The other thing we found out is that while a, a private individual can't just just get on here and invest. What you can do is if you have an accredited investor, so if you had a, a, a financial advisor, an investor for you, a broker, they can go, you can recommend this, they can go on and invest for you in these small businesses. So you definitely want to look into this. Again, there's a link in the description down below. Go check them out. Super cool way to make some money, especially like right now, you know, crypto, you're probably, if you're just sitting in Bitcoin, you're not making a lot of extra money. If you're trading the right way and there's different ways you can learn about that, hint, Club DeFi. But, you know, if you're doing that, you can make some money below. A lot of people are just sitting and holding. Your money's not going anywhere. This is a way that you could potentially invest in some smaller business and make some money, which would be phenomenal. But let's go ahead and transition transition into some super chats because we did have a couple more that popped up here. Uh, let's see. Oh, Cheyenne Bling. Cheyenne. Oh, Cheyenne? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Talk about Polkadot. Uh, Smay, real quick, give me five seconds on Polkadot. Uh, five seconds on Polkadot. Wow. You came in under time. I did. That was good. Uh, five seconds on Polkadot. Uh, it's a good project. Good. Sweet. All right. Bla Blaze Sank one said, now you have three. So it's other people getting super chats. Thank you so much, guys, for donating. Trolling FUD said, you guys rock. Definitely the best show on the interwebs to listen to for TA and crypto news as a whole. Keep up the great work. Prayers towards you and your family, Tim. Thank you so much, man. Again, Taylor, just so you guys know, update on Taylor. She's doing a lot better. Uh, she's in good spirits as a whole. I mean, it's going to come in waves as a uh, as everything progresses, but uh, she's doing a lot better. Every day she gets a little better, even physically. Um, so thank you so much. Tom Wilkes said, undisputable fact, soccer is not the most athletic sport. Everyone knows it is curling. So, you know. <laughs> we gotta, uh, for, for anybody who doesn't know what curling is, I've got a picture of this guy hyper-focused on curling. Hopefully this will jog your memory. That's intense. Yeah. Look at that. Look at. Why is it all the one guy? <laughs> Did you look up a specific player? This is my favorite guy. Oh, oh. This, uh, oh. yeah, uh. Nicholas Eden. I totally keep up with him on Twitter. All right, yeah. Back to you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, more, got two more here. Keith R said, "With TA, why do you not look at TA for a long-term investors out further than the last few days or months? For example, I'm looking at the last year, and it seems to be lining up around the twenty-eight thousand dollar level." So, Keith R, I mean, so we definitely from time to time look at long term. The thing about long term is it takes a lot of movement to change it. So we definitely probably add, you know, more than once, but at least once a month, we do go out and look at the weekly chart. And we look at the monthly chart. And we examine what's happening there. Jeb, I know definitely has gone and he's talking about long term uh, trends and long term support lines and resistance lines. Uh, so it's just day to day with helping transition people to know what's new. And again, when you're looking at the larger time frames, is not as big of differences as of changes. But I hear you, Keith, we will make sure to continue to update you guys on long term because I know there's some of you guys out there that are traders. There's some of you out there that are DCAers. There's some of you that are looking for the perfect buy spot. We want to help all of you do the best we can to see it. But even more importantly, we want to teach you how to think, not what to think, but how to think so you can make all the decisions for yourself. So if Keith, if you're looking at that $28,000 level, that's great, man. Go put a buy order in, wait for it. If you think that's coming based off of your research, I think that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, keep up that great work, Keith. Uh, Siobhan Goulet also want to say, what is Ripple? Does it have a future for long term? You know, so I've done a little bit digging into this, but I'm going to let somebody who probably has done more digging than me answer that question briefly because we do have a transition. But Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about what Ripple is as a company? Obviously, it's the, it's, it's the company that backs uh, XRP or is it vice versa? Is XRP back? I don't know. It, but what is Ripple specifically? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's essentially a, a payment network. Uh, and in all honesty, whether whether you're into decentralization or not, or you're just in this to make money, the 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 thing that Ripple really has going for it is that they are very 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 tied in with banks. Uh, and so, if you want to hedge yourself within centralization and decentralization, it's definitely a good play. Uh, it's long term. I think they will have a bright future. I think the SEC, uh, based on everything that we've seen so far, the SEC is sort of trying to dig themselves out of a hole based on they're trying to hide documents that they said specifically are basically negating their entire argument. So mm. uh, it's it's uh, similar to it's different, but it's similar to XLM uh, and, and some other sort of fast crypto payment networks that are cheap, except they're very they have very tight partnerships with uh, a lot of the world majority of banks and stuff like that. But I do also want to clarify one of the things I said about Algo. I didn't say that Algo uh, has a bridge to Bitcoin. I said that they're building a bridge to Bitcoin. Some people were calling me a liar in the chat for some reason because I didn't see the article that I posted on screen that completely points this out. So Mm. it's building a bridge. They don't currently have a bridge. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to transition. I told you guys we're going to train, we're going to do our uh, price ratio for Friday, but there's a couple things that are different. First of all, Jeb's not here, so Jeb is not participating this week, but T-Shroom is sitting in his seat, so we'll have a T-Shroom vote today. But we talked about this voice screen because uh, we're going to update the rules a little bit, and this happens from time to time. The new rules, instead of us deciding beforehand what we want to do, we're going to let the last week winner, so it was Smay, we're going to let last, I guess it was two weeks ago because we didn't do one last week, I guess. Yeah. So two weeks ago, Smay won. He's going to get to predict first. Now, here's the rule. He he predicts first, and that puts him at a slight disadvantage, but advantage. He can get exactly what he wants. When the next person votes, they cannot be within, we decided 500 Uh, or 1,000. I thought we said 1,000, but... Are we saying, did we say 1,000? Yeah. We'll do, we'll do a thousand. We'll do, do a thousand. thousand. Especially this week, because there's a lot that can happen here based off what we hear coming out of the Fed uh, the, the, the Fed announcement. But so the rule is going to be you cannot be within a thousand. Also, we're no longer doing anything less than the hundred. So we're not going to see tens and zeros and pennies being put there. But Smay, I will put it this way. So I think Smay won and Kelly was after him. So Kelly can go second. Then I'll go third. And then T-Shroom bats up. Night. All right. So I go first. You go first, Smay. I'm going to say... My prediction for Friday at 9.30 is $31,000. Wow. Wow, he's going super bearish. All right. Yep. All right. Well, Kelly, right, you, Kelly can't, you're up. you can't stay anywhere within 1000 of that, but what's your thoughts? Well, I'm writing it down for you. This is what I got. 40,500. 40, oh, we're 40, going up. 40,500. Yeah, you got a one. Yeah, I'm. I'm sitting here. I don't I'm, know what I want to say. Um, okay, Kel- well, I know. I know Kelly. where I can't be. Kelly, is that because you think people are going to start seeing Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation? Is that the play? I think that. Uh, you know what? I I, I kind of predict. I'm kind of gamifying it. I I, I kind of felt like you guys were all going to go low, so um, I'm going high. I'm kind of I'm riding on not looking at all the other news and context. I'm looking specifically at the charts and I'm seeing us at support. I'm seeing us just about uh, fighting with resistance on the, the descending wedge. We have bullish divergence. We have more wallets coming in. We have whales buying. We have more money coming off exchange. So uh, ignoring the Fed nonsense, uh, I'm just looking specifically at the charts and, you know, I could very well lose and I could very well yeah. win. So you know, this, you know, this, this is just gamifying it. There are, there are weeks where, it's it's not eating it's never easy to predict what's going to exactly look like on friday but there are weeks it's a little easier this is a week that it i mean it could go up to 42 if they as t-shirt pointed out if they were to come and say well actually we're just gonna do 25 base points it's like okay well that that's actually extremely dovish so it could go up but uh, i'm gonna give my prediction and then we'll get t-shirts and we'll wrap it up my prediction for friday i'm gonna say thirty-five thousand. 35,000. I, I do I do think the news is going to not be what we want to have happen. Um, and I think I, I 32,000 eventually I think is happening, whether it happens on Friday or not. I don't know if I agree with Smay's anticipation that quickly, but who knows, you know. But let's stick with 35,000 for now. What is your last vote, T-Shroom, I'm, to I'm wrap say, us out? 36,500. I really thought about saying 36 itself, like just 36,000. So I like your prediction too. I like, uh, let us know in chat and in comments who you like. I I, I like 35,000, but if I had to choose the second one, I like T-Shroom's 36,500. Yeah. But again, if something disastrous happens, 
Smay's got the bottom locked up. And Kelly, if if we got some bullish news, Kelly, I think it's an easy win for you. So well, can I can I make one comment about it as well? It's that real quick. Uh, I I definitely I, I I see potentially of it going up, but despite it, uh, me seeing it potentially going up, I do think without question that we're going to see a downside uh, swing first. That's probably yeah. going to be very scary, but the, the amount of liquidity that's below us, uh, I think has a potential of slingshotting us uh, to the upside. But, you know, if I, if I were just placing a trade on, on this uh, in terms of how I was trading, I wouldn't trade uh, like just putting it along right now, betting for it to go up to 40,500. I would be trading very safely and with very tight stop losses. Uh, and, and, and I'm, still waiting for that downswing to happen uh to to get that in order for this to happen i don't think mm. it's just going to break up from here either way so yeah. i think the downside is definitely more likely but we're also playing a game here uh yeah know, yeah to, you take to that win, risk uh, you know? yeah yeah that's if if there's bullish news you got that safe w on you well guys that is all we have for today's show i want to just kind of wrap this up again we, we discussed the fed news this is something that's really important and what we're discussing let us know in the comments if you would love to see this and again i say comments you can put it in chat but we're probably not going to see it in chat so after the video is over go comment below would you guys like to see us do a live stream covering powell's announcement tomorrow around 2 30 eastern standard time right that's what we are at. so let us know if that's something you guys would love to see it's something we're considering there's a lot of things that can happen bitcoin could crash at 30 bitcoin could rise we got to find out tomorrow afternoon but no matter what happens here's what you need to walk away with have your plan those who fail to plan will plan to fail. If you're just sitting here saying, I'm gonna wait for something to happen, you do not have a good plan. If the price goes up, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit and hold tight because that was your plan the whole time? If the price is gonna go down, what are your levels you wanna buy in at? What are your thoughts about where you think that you can gain some more level, some more value? Either way, Bitcoin is going up into the right long term. So do not lose hope, do not FUD out, do not let the manipulators take your Bitcoin or your crypto away from you because they make you believe that it's dying. Continue to hold strong, get those diamond hands. I'll see you guys tomorrow, and more than likely Jeb will be back. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't, but if not, it'll be me. So love you guys, see you tomorrow, peace. Oh, I got a real good feeling. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at Mac Media.